Hello, this is Daryl here, sending love as always. Thank you for tuning in. I just want to say, if you like this interview, you can check our website for companion workbooks, action guides, tools, checklists, templates, and show notes with links for everything mentioned on the call. Just visit bestbusinesscoach.ca. That's best, B-E-S-T, businesscoach.ca. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. When your life and your business grow as a result of what you're about to discover, please call me and tell me about it. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N, S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always, and today we are joined by Julia Mann, a beauty business growth coach, mother of two, online course creator, author, and speaker from Brisbane, Australia. She helps women from all over the world to find their true inner calling in beauty care businesses and then grow them to their full potential. Through her teachings in the beauty industry, she has created a following of thousands from all over the world. Her approach is straight to the point, without the fluff, and with heart. I've asked her here to join us today to see what lessons we can learn through the secrets she shares with her followers. So, Julia, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing? Thanks for having me, Daryl. I'm amazing. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm super pumped. And so it's just like these awesome little niches that people are just crushing it in, and I just am so inspired by people like that. How did you get started? I mean, what were you doing before you came into this? Do you come from a family of entrepreneurs? Did your parents own businesses? How did you get started? My dad is like the least entrepreneurial person you'll ever meet. He always worked for people. And my mom is a kindergarten teacher. I didn't grow up around entrepreneurial people whatsoever. And I teach that now to my people all the time that people don't know why they might be a little bit different or perceived differently. It's because I believe everyone is kind of born to be different or an entrepreneur. But you don't know that until later on in life when you just don't fit in. I always had like different circles of friends. I always rotated whatever I needed from the one group. And then I kind of moved on. And so what were some of the biggest challenges you've encountered on your journey? I mean, again, it's not an easy task to find a path and a way to generate a livelihood running your own business. So what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? Yeah, it took a long time because I'm closer to 40 than I am to 30 now. So only about three, three and a half years ago, I thought, far out, like, what have I done with my life? Like, I've done so many different things surrounding beauty. I've done some acting and singing. Like, I'm very creative. And I was always kind of stuck in the beauty niche for like 15 years or so, but trying out so many different things. And I was always busy. Like, I was working many nights and weekends. I hardly had time for the family. I was like, how can I make a loss being so busy? And so for two weeks straight, I was really depressed. I cried and I was like, what am I going to do for the rest of my life? I'm still young. I don't want to go work for other people. So I decided then and there I needed help because obviously I have no idea about business, social media, marketing, branding. One of my mentors, he said to me, if you have no idea what your true inner calling was, something that you were born to do, just ask closest friends and family and ask them. And I literally said, okay, fine, I'll do that. So I wrote them a message saying, 
look, I'm kind of at my wit. And what do you think I should be doing? Or what do you really think I'm really good at? What are some of my qualities that you see in me that could make me successful? All throughout the board, everyone came back to me and said, Julia, you're really, really good at teaching things, even though obviously I wasn't a teacher back then. But we just have a way of explaining things so easily that everybody understands. And you're so passionate and excited about helping other people. So I literally decided then and there I'm going to quit everything I was doing. I was doing hairdressing, makeup, bridal work. I literally quit everything I was doing and just decided to do eyelash extensions. I opened up a group the next day on Facebook and for lash artists worldwide because obviously I had been taking a couple of courses to kind of learn how to become an influencer in your own niche. Open up that Facebook group that has now today over 16,000 members worldwide with tips and tricks and also now it's just a really huge community that kind of supports each other without me actually having to do very much in there now. In the beginning, I did a lot, obviously, and because I was in there and I offered my teachings or my tips for lashes for free, people started to ask if I could actually train them if I had any training courses, which I did four or five months after having the group. I literally wrote a course and I had people come in and pay me like $2,000 for two days to train with me, which was like unheard of. Like I hadn't made $2,000 a month before. Because that Facebook group was also worldwide. I had lots of girls ask me from overseas, well, why can't you do an online course for us? So I'm like, sure, I can do that. So I wrote an online course, which launched. That's what I have been doing for the last two, two and a half years. From there on, people ask me, how do you do that? Getting people interested in you and what you're doing. How did you find out what you're really good at? How did you manage to build such a successful business in the end? So now I am actually coaching people on that as well and actually kind of moving away from just teaching the beauty side of things. But I'm actually teaching business and the social media and branding and how to become an expert in something. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, they're so powerful now. Those are the new medias. In fact, I was just watching a video where some guy was just going on about that, how he raised $20 million for real estate investments using Facebook and Facebook Live as his only tool, which is kind of fantastic if you think about it, like how amazing that is. Just getting on Facebook, which with a smartphone, I mean, really, right? That's all he had. And you can raise $20 million. Now, obviously, there's some people like, wow, that's amazing. I can do a Facebook Live. You got to make sure that you've got the backbone to deliver. But it doesn't take a whole day to recognize sunshine. If you've got a skill and people recognize it right when they see it. So what are some of the challenges that you've had to overcome? Like you said, you were kind of struggling and trying to figure out your way. Now you figured out your way. Has everything just really clicked? Has it just unfolded? Were there challenges? Did you have anything that you had to figure out that's helped you? I mean, you say you've done multiple six figures in the last six months alone. Has there been like a learning curve? You know what I mean? Like, is there, oh, I figured this out. That's helped you multiply the results? It would be amazing if I could just make multiple six figures knowing everything from today till tomorrow. But obviously, it took a long time. I invested in my own training, mentoring, and coaching programs that I did in masterminds. And I think the last two years have just been a huge learning curve. The main thing is literally mentally. Even though I now think I was born an entrepreneur, I didn't know that until a few years ago why I was so weird in other people's eyes and why I always wanted different things. But because I had to actually learn and teach myself this mindset and I did quite a few courses on that as well. Like you have to literally wake up in the morning, you have to have a plan, you need to work 
for yourself to actually impact other people's lives that I needed to overcome because I just didn't have that. I had the, oh yeah, I have a business at home. I kind of, you know, like working for myself, but I wasn't making money. I didn't know the right things to do. And that's because my mindset wasn't there and I wasn't understanding what actually needed to be done. I needed to work really, really hard. For the first six months, I think I worked like until 1 or 2 p.m. every bloody morning. It was a lot of work hurdle when you have a young family to say it is okay to invest that much time and money into your business as well but you will get so many rewards by doing that like working every single day you just gotta get up and do it i love that i'm a firm believer that it really comes down to just being an entrepreneur money is great but honestly i know people that made a ton of money and they're miserable i know people that are broke that are super happy my personal philosophy is about be about the process be about the grind be about the waking up and just having a day that you could do Monday to Sunday to Monday again without having to need a break. Maybe you're not working 12-hour day. Maybe you're working a six-hour day and then you make some time to be with your kids and you make some time to watch your favorite show and whatever, but it's a day that you could grind out seven days a week and every single day you're putting effort towards your business. Every single day you have to try to identify, all right, I've got these five, six tasks to get done. If I only get one of them done, which one's the most important? And trying to focus your entire day on that single task alone and not deviate off it till it's complete, which can be really tough. There's all sorts of excuses and interruptions and things that get in the way. But it's really just about having that 24-hour period. It doesn't matter how old you are, how poor you are, how rich you are. Everyone only gets 24 hours in a day. There's no handicap. There's no head start. There's no nothing else. And so really it comes down to who manages their time better. And my step-adopted dad told me this when I was a kid. We were driving, and I forget where we were going, and I was kind of sleepy, but he was like, we're just animals. He's like, well, you know, we're also part tree. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, well, we're kind of part plant. And I was like, I don't get what you mean. He says, well, whatever we focus on grows. Like, if you focus on a video game or a TV series, your knowledge on that grows. Your comfort level with just sitting there watching TV grows. If you focus on going to the gym every single day, you'll miss it when you don't go. Like you said, you have to be willing to work hard and be intentional. And I agree with you. A lot of people, they get into this nine to five clock in, clock out mentality where I just show up. I just do a satisfactory job. I mean, I want to be good at what I do. I'm here to really just collect a paycheck. This isn't my true calling, you know, and they don't pay me what I'm really worth. Like they get stuck in that kind of box, right? That like of not trying to reach, not pushing, not bouncing against the walls, not trying to reach, achieve their full potential. And so then when they try to be an entrepreneur, they kind of bring that with them. Well, I've had a hard day. I should, you know, I, I did enough. I should probably stop, you know. My girlfriend and I had to put in rules so we made sure we got enough sleep because we were like, we have to make sure we actually sleep because we would just work. We would work all night. Another thing that you're just talking about time, this was another big, big struggle for me in the very beginning because I used to be such a perfectionist. And one of my coaches actually taught me, you have to take massive, imperfect action but another thing was the time where I really struggled in the beginning because I was such a perfectionist was to actually let go of some of those tasks that I should have been outsourcing for months and months and months before that. I have a full-time virtual assistant. I think I told you about her. She's amazing. Without her, I would literally be lost. I wouldn't have a Facebook or an Instagram account. Like she does everything for me now so that I can actually work on my business and not in my business and work on the tasks that make more money or do like strategizing myself or I come up with new course content or I go live in my groups and support all my clients. And um, I literally try to do everything by myself and I was totally burned out. Whoever is listening to the show, I would highly recommend, especially if you are in the beginning of your entrepreneurial phase 
or stage in your life, you need to find people to do that sort of stuff, your emails, your social media posting, your designing. You can't really grow your business if you don't make room for team or team members. You can't. Right. I think you might remember, I said this before, I've been really big on this as of late, and it's multiple teams of income. You know, I had a guest on here, Brad Martineau, great interview. People listening may want to go back and listen to that. But he said it, and I love it. He says, when you look up the word entrepreneur in the dictionary, what it says is a person who organizes a business or businesses. What it doesn't say is a person who answers the phone, mops the floor, makes a sale, does the bookkeeping, cleans the toilet, delivers a service. Like, it just doesn't say that. That's not what it says. It's, so it's about building a team. And so that's where you have to get into the mindset that you're here to provide a solution for a group of people. You're not here to be all hail Daryl, all hail Julia, all hail whoever. It's about delivering a service and solving a problem for somebody. And if you're working too many hours, then maybe you need to build your team because it's not just about you. It's about the problem that you're solving for a certain group of people. That's what they're paying for. And some businesses are guru businesses, but even then there's a lot of people that have coaching programs and they're not the one doing everything. They step in, it's like a surgeon. The surgeon might have to make the incision on the heart and do the stitching, but they don't put the person under, they don't cut them open, they don't prep them for surgery, and even after that part's done, they don't do the rest of the stuff. They don't close up the wound, they don't do the stitches, they do what they have to do, they're in, they're out, they move on to the next thing because their time is valuable, and they're the only ones that can do those high-level things that you mentioned, and that's where the highest impact, highest value, time, and energy, and effort is. So what you said is really, really, really important, and I really hope resonates with some of the listeners. Start thinking about multiple teams of income, not necessarily multiple streams, but multiple teams of income where you've got teams of people accomplishing goals and objectives. And then that's where the sum is greater than the parts. And that's where, because you have a team, you're able to do things that people couldn't necessarily do individually, and that's why people come for you for your product or service. So what are some of the biggest mistakes you see your clients making? Like, what are some of the things that you see them tripping up on a lot and just struggling with? I mean, when people come to you and they're like, you make it look so easy, whether it's with Facebook or your emails or who knows what, what seems to be the sticking points for your followers? Facebook is changing like a week and Instagram has changed a lot as well. And it's very hard to reach people now. I think people are just really confused about all the changes that are happening. People are just scared actually have a look at it and get started and a lot of people just google you know and who knows what's put on google and what's correct and how old it is and how much has it been updated so i think it really be hard to find the exact right information that is needed for this certain week or month of facebook and with the techie stuff because you know it is a little bit scary to get started and you've got to study a little bit and you've got to make time for that sort of thing if you don't want to outsource it if you want to learn it yourself People have issues with that. And then also another big mistake I see a lot of people make is that they try and do everything at once. Instagram, their Facebook, their LinkedIn, their Twitter, they want to do everything at once, but they haven't really figured out where their audience is actually hanging out. Do they find you on LinkedIn? Like my audience wouldn't find me on LinkedIn. I know that because I've researched and I've done courses on that sort of stuff. So I know that people should only be focusing on the one thing. Once they're good at it, do the second. Then once you're good at that, do the third. Don't do everything at the same time because you're never going to be able to focus and get something done straight away because we want results. You know, we don't fiddle around and do something here, something there, something everywhere. This is what I used to do all the time. And so this is why it's important, like you said earlier, schedule your day. Make a day just for Facebook. Make a day just for Instagram and get everybody else to answer your messages. And that way you actually get stuff done and you learn it and then you can implement it. And don't just learn something and don't implement it. (laughs) 
I actually made a live video about that the other day in one of my VIP groups. And I said, are you a course junkie? I went through my list of courses I purchased over the last five years. And it's just ridiculous. And one of them I haven't even looked at. Like, just do one thing at a time. Be really good at that and then move on to the next. On the other hand, if you see a great opportunity there, like don't push that away either. You've got to have a few different things, but don't try to be great at everything from the start. You're right. You know, there's like the hard skills people need. So there's things like you said, like maybe making a landing page and they don't necessarily need to know how to skills, but they need to know what it should be like, right? Like if you're going to go get a haircut, you know what you do want to look like and what you don't want to look like. So that's an important thing. And that's kind of the hard skills where you have to know that stuff. But then there's a lot of soft skills that are involved, things that maybe aren't very visible at the beginning, things like how to hire, how to manage a team, how to communicate with people, you know, those sorts of skills, they become really important because that's what a business is. A lot of people in business don't want to talk to customers. They don't want to talk to staff. All a company is is a group of people providing a product or service to another group of people. It's just a group of people solving someone else's problem with a product or service, you know. And so there's a lot of people, again, they get kind of confused, I think, and they just want to be isolated. I think it's important that you keep your priorities straight and that you learn some of the hard skills, the rules to play, and then after that, get into the soft skills. And the hard rules to play, there's traffic, there's conversion, then there's delivery, fulfillment of what you promise. You know, there's only really three ways to get traffic. You can buy it with ads. You can build it like you've got with your Facebook group, like I have with this podcast following, and you can borrow it. Like right now, you are borrowing traffic from me. You're coming on here, and it's kind of a collaboration where I need help creating some content, and so you're going to give me an hour of your time, and in exchange, I'm going to put you in front of my audience. So you're boring my audience. And a few of them will really resonate with you and they'll follow you as well as me. It's a win-win-win for everybody. You can buy it, you can borrow it, you can build it. And the real make or break between small businesses and large businesses is the ability to buy traffic because it's not easy. It's a painful, expensive route to take. But once you learn how to master that, I mean, it's almost like having a sales rep on your company. For a lot of people, they are their own sales rep and they try to hire other people to sell and they don't sell and it takes forever to, you know, to get things up and running. But once they do finally get someone, then it might take a month, two months, three months. But once they finally do get someone who can close and sell, that's a huge asset for the company because now the owner can still have new customers coming in without having to be the one personally selling. You need to treat your paid advertising like that, where you invest time and money and energy and resources in developing it and not just spend money and have eyes off it. It's like a sales rep. Hey, did you go out today making sales? No. Okay, let's talk about why. Let's figure, you know, and coach and train so you get something that functions. So that's the traffic part. And then the conversion part is obviously, like I said, making sales, right? Getting people to join your programs, building that community, whether you're just getting them to opt in or buy a cheap product or buy a $2,000 live event ticket, like you said. And of course, delivery. If you don't deliver, especially in today's day and age, things are so transparent, people are going to hate you really quickly. And in fact, Oprah would have a team of people go in and do a diagnostic on any business they wanted to mention or feature on her show because they call it the Oprah effect and it could kill businesses because if some small bakery gets mentioned on Oprah, all of a sudden, boom, they're flooded with like a thousand people on a Saturday afternoon and these people are lined up on the street and these people get upset. They get pissed off, right? And so all of a sudden they leave a bunch of negative reviews and this great business that's got a great product, great service, great staff, great owner are just so overwhelmed. Again, online, how transparent things are, it just gets bombarded with all these negative reviews. People are upset. They bought something. They didn't get what they wanted, you know, and it kills them. It just floods them and their competitors, you know, it's like a feeding frenzy. So they would actually have to go and assess that. And so that's, again, that's a whole nother section of the business that you have to master. But those are just the hard skills. There's a lot to it. It's a lot of hours, a lot of learning. Do you feel that you've had any habits that have really helped you juggle having kids and do the education and do the implementation? I have learned to 
really systemize and use my time to the best of my ability. With kids, you can only plan that much. So it's really, really important to have a supportive partner, you know, that is able to look after the kids while you're gone. Like I've been traveling so much overseas to speak and train and teach. I think what I've really learned is to have a good support system at home and having good friends as well that are not looking at you in envy that are actually supportive and helping you out and a really, really good team to stand behind you. It's almost like running a business is a great personal development tool. If you just take finances alone, you know, most people have a hard time balancing their own budget. But when you have a company, you have to manage the company's budget, their budget, its income. You have to manage your personal income. And then your staff, if you have a staff, they often might come to you because they've had some sort of family emergency or they want to do something and they need to advance on a pay or something like that. And so it really forces you to think like a superficial layer, two or three layers deep on everything, managing your finances, skill development, and it just kind of evolves organically, naturally. There's no rule that businesses have to make money. So even if you have a full-time job, get a business and write off all your losses and expenses, you know, on courses and all the things that you're doing while you figure it out. I just think that everyone should have a business. Do you feel that anything ever held you back in the beginning? I mean, I guess you kind of hinted a bit. You said your mindset was really in your way. Or, I mean, what kind of training did you do to overcome that? For me, it was just to be around a really good group of like-minded people that helped me with that as well. To just surround yourself with people that think the same, that have the same struggles they go through every day, that, you know, just help each other out and be supportive. Another thing I struggled with was the techie stuff, like the landing page and everything. Now I do that in my sleep. I think a lot of people, when they see something new, they just don't even get started or they don't even want to figure it out. They just go, nah, that's too hard. Put that in the too hard basket. Yep, yep. No, I agree wholeheartedly. I think that's super amazing. And I think you're right. It's again, it's the hard skills and then the soft skills. It seems difficult, but then it gets easy. When I had my martial arts school, I would see people lose matches before they even began. You know, they would stand up and they'd see their opponent and they would just kind of divert eye contact. They looked at the ground, their posture would change. And it was like they just kind of started hanging out waiting to be defeated. So I think that that's a really important thing. And it kind of comes back to what we talked about, about having a 24-hour day that you just love. I watched this great video of the founder of Patreon was talking about all these prolific people. You don't really get to choose what you're famous for. There's no way we could predict the wants and needs of hundreds of thousands of people. So you don't really get to pick what you're famous for. All you can do is have a passion and love making movies and make hundreds of them. And then hopefully you're known for a few of them that become really big. You'll make some great movies. You'll make some terrible movies. You'll make some funny movies. You'll make some sad movies. But it's about loving what you do. It's same thing with music writing. You'll write tens of thousands of songs, but only maybe a few will get out there, but at least ones that get out there some will be great some won't be so great it's like you're saying about not being a perfectionist it's about just taking massive action and about just doing stuff for the sake of putting it out into the world even if it's not perfect people will collaborate people will come in and they'll contribute they'll help you know you don't want to put out garbage that's for sure i find that my most liked and most viral going content is the stuff that i do that comes from the heart straight up and i don't think about it very much and I don't sit there and write copy for half an hour. I literally just type and I send. And there's mistakes in there too. But a lot of people go live having like a point list in front of them. I literally find most of my best content. It's literally I press the button and I go, okay, I have a thought in my mind. And I'm just going to start now and we'll see what comes out. And this is literally how I do my live videos. And most of the time if they're not planned, they are the best. And they actually have the best impact. And because they're more heartfelt and they're not as thought out. 
People can sense your authenticity and they resonate with the realness. That's something that I noticed. I know some people that do a lot of marketing, like paid ad marketing, and they said on Instagram, at least with the paid ads, that the non-polished stuff looks the best. If you use really polished images on Instagram, it doesn't resonate with anyone. It just seems it's not real. You know, it's just too new, too different, too something. It's just not real. It's not someone in their neighborhood. It's not someone that they can empathize with and see themselves. I mean, people want to grow into their role model. So Julia, you've been so helpful and so forthcoming and you've really given a lot of content, gave us a ton of stuff to talk about. We talked about the value of taking massive action. You broke down how mindset is so important, how you visualize success every day, how you're not afraid to work really hard and be willing to invest in your business in terms of time and money. Even if you have kids, you're not necessarily taking from them. You're actually investing in a future as long as you don't give up and you know you surround yourself with a coach or a mentor and like-minded people. Those are a couple of your secrets of success. And you also talked about how you built, how you just found out your true purpose by asking other people, hey, what am I really good at? What do you think is my calling? And then you kind of pursued it just organically. Like you said, just playing around like a hobby and just built an organic Facebook group, a group of people that were into what you were into and then just tried to help them. And after helping them, they asked you, hey, could you do some training on this? And so you did a training event and maybe asked around and got some tips on what to price at and people bought it. And the people that couldn't make it were like, hey, can you do an online course for us? So you really just broke down how to build sort of an organic business and how to overcome some of the major obstacles that people face. So you've been really helpful, extremely forthcoming. Uh, Well, if people are interested in following up with you, if they have a question that I didn't ask, where should they reach out? You can email me at info at Julia Mann, M-A-N-N. Julia is not Julie, by the way. J-U-L-I-A-M-A-N-N dot com dot A-U. That's awesome. Julia, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you could be spending time with your thousands of followers, with your kids, with some of your paying clients, but you came to come here and help me and my community. So thank you so much for coming and sharing and being so open and transparent. I know it's going to help some people. I know some people have got some ideas, the ahas, they're going to make a list of what they can do, what they can delegate, what they can buy and what they want to achieve in the next 30 days. And hopefully they'll get some action done that will help them get the results that they want. So I appreciate you and thank you so much for your time today.